السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإذ قال ربك للملائكة إني جاعل في الأرض خليفة قالوا أتجعل فيها من يفسد فيها ويسفك الدماء ونحن نسبح بحمدك ونقدس لك قال إني أعلم ما لا تعلمون رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاه The ayah that we left off with spoke about our beginning كيف تكفرون بالله وكنتم أمواتا How can you disbelieve in Allah when you used to be dead and essentially nothing and he brought you to life then he'll give you death again and bring you back to life again In other words, the journey of human life is talked about but then there is one part of this journey. Where does this journey begin? For all of humanity, it begins with Adam alayhi salam. So now we're taken to the beginning of this journey. There are two kinds of beginnings mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, in this first half of the surah. There's the beginning of humanity, which is with Adam alayhi salam. And then there will be the beginning of a first nation that is guided not as individuals, but as a complete nation, that is Bani Israel. When a sharia is given, the first time an actual sharia was revealed. The previous prophets before Bani Israel were given revelations, but they were not given laws. They were given what you can call in modern terms morality. Goodness, kindness to parents, rights of the neighbor, etc. And acts of worship and learning how to praise and thank Allah. But prohibitions, right and wrong, and, and you know, uh, specific laws and mandates that are to be executed, especially uh, the kinds of laws that have punitive consequences, those were not given before. That begins with the Israelites. So the beginning of the individual human being, Adam alayhi salam, and the beginning of a guided nation, that is with Bani Israel. Both beginnings are going to talk, come, come about in this surah. Anyhow, وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ When your master, meaning Allah addressing the messenger wasallam, He says to him, when your master said to the angels, إِذْ in the Qur'an is actually وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ It's understood this way. And remember when. So when you read in the Qur'an in translation, and when, what's actually implied linguistically is, and remind yourself when. And think about the time when. That's how it's understood. Anyhow, so when... So think, uh, reflect upon the time when your master said to the angels, إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةً I am going to place, and I am one who is going to place, no doubt about it, especially for the earth, a khalifa. Now I'm not going to translate khalifa as vicegerent or representative, but I'll, I'll leave it off as khalifa and give you a little bit of an explanation. But there, uh, there are a couple of things that are very important for us to contrast with Christian theology and Jewish theology who also believe in the creation story. So when we talk about Adam alayhi salam, they also say we believe in Adam and Eve and all of that, right? There are some fundamental differences though. We don't believe Adam was sent to the earth as a punishment. The Qur'an mentions the story of Adam alayhi salam seven times. In the sequence of the Qur'an, this is the first time. Obviously, it's a Madani surah, so this is not the first time historically. But in the sequence of the Mus'haf, in the sequence of the Qur'an itself, it is the first time. And Allah Azza wa Jal, the first thing He tells us in the order of the book is that Adam alayhi salam was created as a khalifa. For where? For the earth. There is no mention right now of Iblis and the waswasa and eating from the tree and then being sent down. That is all later. Before all of that, the decision has already been made that Adam alayhi salam has been created for what place? For the earth. So we're not here as form of God's punishment. This is one fundamental difference between us and 
Christians who who actually believed that they were that humanity was was uh, removed from the glory of God because of Adam's mistake, original sin, and whatnot, and all human beings therefore are born into sin. Of course, we completely reject that view and we say that we're born in innocence and we're actually born in complete obedience and subservitude to Allah. So even if a child dies from whatever parents, they are going straight to paradise because of them being on the fitrah still, uh, you know, a newborn, etc. So anyhow. So, إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةً Then a little bit about Khalifa. This is a conversation for a much longer time span, so I won't go into it, but I'll tell you just a few brief things. In the last hundred or so years, there have been a lot of Islamic movements that have for good reasons, for the most part, and out of the frustration of the situation of the ummah, they developed a lot of literature, but the purpose of which was to fire up the Muslims and to kind of get them rallied up to get the Khilafah back, to get the Islamic State back. And... In doing so, they looked at some of the literature in the Quran, some of the ayat of the Quran, some of the ahadith of the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they started looking at them in ways that have never been looked at that way before. So, though we appreciate the good in the movements, when there's something that's said that isn't exactly accurate, it should be pointed out. So, for instance, part of the literature was, and part of the discussion became, became Allah says that the Adam alayhi salam was sent as a khalifa on the earth. So all of us in that sense have the responsibility of being Khalifa and then from there it, it went forward. And the idea was, they, they talked about Khalifa as Khalifatullah fil ard. Uh, that he is the vicegerent. You know what a vicegerent is? I know it's not a common term nowadays, it's a political term used in empires. So for instance, back in the day you had the British Empire. And the queen sends a lord or some you know, appointed authority to India or to Africa or to the Arab world or whatever. And they're controlling on behalf of the British Empire, but they have certain of their own prerogative as well. This would be a vicegerent. And that's how a lot of more recent literature started looking at the term Khalifa, that we are in some sense vicegerents of Allah. Allah is the final authority, but we've been given authority on the earth. This by the way is a very strong, very serious problem. Because in the sacred literature, we don't find the term Khalifatullah. We don't find that term. The vicegerent of Allah, Allah controls directly Himself. He doesn't need an intermediary to exercise His control. That's the first problem. The second problem is even the Sahaba, you know what they used to say? They used to call themselves messengers of the Messenger. Rasulu Rasulillah. If you're anything, it is Khalifatu Rasulillah. So let's look at this term briefly linguistically and dedicate ourselves at least these four or five minutes to this part of the ayah and then we'll talk about the rest at another occasion, inshaAllah. Khalifa actually, like Ibn Kathir rahimahullah says, يَخْلُفُ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا Khalifa means someone who will proceed one after the other. In other words, I will put on this earth someone who will have children, and they will have children, and they will have children, and they will have children. He will have progeny. This is unlike the species of the angels. The angel Jibreel is there and he's still here now. You know, and he's, he's not, the continuation of angels is not like the continuation of humanity. We are, our species continues by having children and future progenies. So one meaning of Khalifa actually is one will follow the other, one will follow the other, then the other, then the other. Also from the point of view of prophets, one prophet will follow the next, will follow the next, will follow the next. Anyhow, إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةً This is the, the core classical meaning how it's been talked about by scholars. And it is only because of the political frustrations of the last hundred years that some, I don't question their intentions, uh, looked at the same ayah and gave it sort of a political 
interpretation. The word Khilafah as, a, as an Islamic state hasn't been used in the Qur'an, not even once. The word Khalifa comes up a handful of times. With Adam alayhi salam, with Dawud alayhi salam, inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ard, we have made you a Khalifa in the land. As a verb it comes up once, Allah azza wa makes the promise to the believers, la yastakhlifannahum fil ardi. We will, this is Allah's promise to the believers that He will establish them in the land so they can have future generations of established rule. That's a promise of Allah to the believers in Medina. So it's, it comes up a handful of times. And though that, you know, again, it's a separate discussion here because there is, it's become very common that misinterpretation or that less than accurate interpretation. I felt it important that we give it some due and at least talk about it a little bit. Anyhow, so inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa, very quickly, qalu, the angels said, أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا Are you placing in it someone who will cause corruption in it? Are you placing in it someone who will cause corruption in it? Now before, in this surah already, people of fasad have been mentioned. Allah has already acknowledged there is a group of humanity that does cause fasad. Allah Azza wa Jalla says, أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْمُفْسِدُونَ No, they in fact, they are the ones who cause corruption. They are the ones who cause you know, uh, uh, tribulation. Now in this ayah, Allah is going back to history and letting us know the angels had a pretty good idea this might happen. <laughs> the angels asked, the first question they asked is, are you placing in it someone who will cause corru- corruption? dima, And he will shed blood. He will shed blood. Now this notion of the angels, this sincere question of the angels, Allah Azza wa Jal, before they conclude their question, they said, وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ And it is we who declare your perfection by doing hamd of you all the time. We do hamd of you, and th- by doing so, we declare your perfection. Now, you know the contrast here? They said human beings will cause corruption and shed blood, while we do tasbih. While we do tasbih. What does that mean? What that implies is, the corruption on the earth, is a, is a, or, or shedding blood in the earth, is a kind of disregard of the hamd and the tasbih of Allah. Allah created the human being to be in harmony with his surroundings. So when he out of greed, and out of lust, and out of anger and rage, causes corruption, and causes this kind of violation on the earth, he is doing what no other creature does, violates the hamd of Allah. And what's the biggest hamd of Allah? When, you, when you're given a gift, you violate that gift. Human beings are given fitrah, human beings are given guidance, human beings are given intellect over any all other creatures. Even animals today you will find, animals will show more mercy than some human beings. That's the kind of times we live in, right? Allah has given us this huge honor, and by disrespecting that honor, by not living up to what we're supposed to be as human beings, then it's only fitting. It's only fitting that we say that they're not doing hamd as it's supposed to be done. So they say, no, as opposed to that, we do hamd. And by the way, Allah says in Surah Al-Isra, وَإِمِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُنَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ Is there anything in existence that isn't declaring his hamd? And isn't doing his tasbih? However, you cannot understand it. Everything in the heavens and the earth continues to do his tasbih, except the human being. With the exception of the human being. Now Allah Azza wa Jal knows this is going to be the case, and He talks about it all over the Quran. But to the angels, He said something, and I'll conclude with this. Qala inni a'lamu malatalamun. He said, "I for sure know. It is I who knows what you don't know." Now they said He'll cause corruption in the earth. Do human beings cause corruption in the earth? Yes. They said angels will shed blood. Do human, uh, human beings will shed blood? Do human beings shed blood? Yes. 
But it seems at the end of the ayah, Allah is saying, no, I know something you don't. In other words, they're wrong. They are wrong about a handful of individuals that will live on the face of this earth, that will disprove this formula, and they themselves are enough as an evidence for that opinion to be wrong. Those few are supposed to be the believers that are against the corruption in the earth and against the spilling of you know, pointless blood. They're supposed to be the examples that prove Allah's point to the angels, subhanAllah. It's a very profound statement Allah made. إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ The angels have not taken into account the prophets and their followers. Those are the exception to this statement. So we are supposed to be that exception. May Allah Azza wa Jal give us the ability to be that exception. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim. Wa nafa'ni wa iyyakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.